All right, all right, all right. Hello, everyone. Wow, 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 wow. Holy shit. Wow. Jasper already left. Welcome to the pre-stream podcast, everyone. Today is Tuesday, the 22nd of February, 2022. I am Darkside Phil, and welcome to Elden Week. <laughs> yes, today is officially the start of Elden Week where we are hyping up Elden Ring every single day, and then, of course, the impending release of Elden Ring on Friday, when I'll be starting up my epic playthrough of it, which everyone is highly anticipating, including your grandmother. So, it's going to be a great week. Every single day here on the pre-streams, alright? I'm going to be doing a special segment where I walk down memory lane and I recap one of the big Soulsborne games. Today, we'll actually be talking about Dark Souls 2, because we actually talked about Dark Souls 1 a couple days ago on my last pre-stream podcast. And then each day, we'll go through another one, okay? Leading up to Friday, where there'll be the leftovers, basically, and then we jump right into Elden Ring. Now, as if that's not enough cool new stuff to add to the streams this week, okay? I mean, we're all super-duper hype for Elden Ring, let's be honest. We're all like, very excited. We've been waiting, even though we're in the midst of all this other stuff, right? <clears throat> I think that Elden Ring is the big one that everyone's been waiting for for quite some time. But we still got all this other stuff going on. Like, I had my day off yesterday, so today we're going to be doing the Phil's Day Off segment where I talk about my day off yesterday. But admittedly, I'm going to do it as minimalist as possible because we got so much other stuff to talk about right now. Like, on Monday night, excuse me, Sunday night, there was a giant Capcom announcement, which I'm going to talk about in depth here today. Uh, Capcom Fighting Collection, as well as Street Fighter Six. So we got a lot of ground to cover to talk about that stuff. Um, man, like seriously, <laughs> so much has happened. And <clears throat> I just have a lot to talk about today, all right? So I definitely want to give enough time to the topics that I feel are more important, you know, than me just gabbing about my day off. I will, but... You know, I don't want to spend too much time on one thing and then uh, not get to the other or take way too long and have this podcast be seven hours long and then have no time for gaming because the other thing is, even though, <clears throat> excuse me, even though Elden Ring is absolutely positively the biggest, most hype thing this week, okay, we still got tons of new release stuff to do this week, right? We're in the midst of a really awesome new release time. I'm playing... King of Fighters 15 and Pokemon Legends Arceus today. Tomorrow we're going back to Horizon Forbidden West, which is getting better and better the more I play it, right? We're continuing on with the awesome chill Skyrim playthrough. And there's just so much happening that this is such an intense time of the year and it doesn't make any sense. Why is it February? <clears throat> no, really. Why is it the last week of February? And this is like, this is more hype and more epic right now than the entire busy gaming season of last year. I don't feel like there was any times during like any of the fall of last year that it felt this epic and this hype for this many hot new releases and all this stuff going on. You know what I'm saying? Um, why in the holy hell did, did it wait till now? And why is it all happening at once? <laughs> Seriously. It's just so intense, so crazy. So, to start, okay, here's what we should do. Let's do a quick 
schedule recap so you guys know what to expect schedule-wise for the rest of the week. Then let's do a few housekeeping issues, all right? Then let's get to Phil's Day Off segment, which will not be an ultra-lengthy segment this week, I promise you. Uh, and then we're going to get to gaming news. I really want to talk about the Street Fighter announcements because they're they're both actually quite exciting and hype, and I have a lot to say about all of it. And then my thoughts and history with Dark Souls 2. So we got a lengthy, meaty pre-stream podcast for you today to start off Elden Week. Nah, fuck it. I pressed the wrong button. All right. So, let's continue. First of all, let's talk about the schedule for this week. Today, it's the continuation of the King of Fighters 15. You guys are currently voting right now on the team that I'm going to play today. And it's a team I have not used yet. All right? So, there's five choices that are currently live. <clears throat> They're over on the main channel page of DSP Gaming under the Community tab. So I'm going to refresh that right now, and I'm going to let you know how the voting is going. If you have not voted yet, you have until the end of this pre-stream podcast to vote, okay? So currently, running for over nine hours, 674 votes currently. Here is the standings. Team Hero, which is the team of Benimaru, Shune, and Maitenkun, has 6% of the vote. Team Super Heroines, who are Mai Shiranui, Athena Asamaya, and Yuri Sakazaki, yes, that's how you pronounce them in Japanese. I know that you're J Athena, but they say Athena, actually, over there. 34% uh, of the vote. Team K-Dash, who's K-Dash, Maxima, and Whip, 8% of the vote. Team Art of Fighting, who's King, Ryo, and Robert, 38% of the vote. And Team Sacred Treasures, Kyo, Yori, and Shizuru Kagura, whose name I spelled incorrectly and I got shit for overnight, 14% of the vote. So, currently, with just under 700 votes, Team Art of Fighting is narrowly beating out the Team Heroines. Or Team Super Heroines, excuse me. But, we got this podcast going on, and now all of you who are on this podcast might go vote. If you didn't vote yet, please go vote for what team you want to see me use today in King of Fighters 15. Well, what does that entail? Whatever team wins this poll, I'll be taking into offline modes... First, their mission modes, which is basically their challenges or trials to learn basic combos and abilities. Then, doing their arcade mode, where we play through a series of AI-controlled matches in the boss fights and see their ending. And then going online for roughly around two hours of ranked gameplay, just like I did with the Ikari Warriors uh, previously. And man, did I go on a tear with the Ikari Warriors. But just to give you guys some tempered expectations here, the Ikari Warriors is a team that I used to use all the time back in the day playing King of Fighters competitively. These teams, not so much. Although I'm familiar with every single character in these teams. Um, I've never really, like back in the day, I wasn't playing these teams consistently or anything like that. So more than likely, this would be a learning stream. And yes, would I get wins? Probably. Would I be getting nonstop consistent wins like last time? Probably not. But we'll see. Okay? So please vote. Your votes definitely matter today since you will be choosing the team that I use in the, in the stream in just a few minutes. Okay? So that's today's first gameplay stream. And then the late stream later tonight is more Pokemon Legends Arceus, where we're going to be doing two hours of open world fun, checking out the fourth region for the first time. Haven't even seen it yet, don't know what to expect. Should be exciting, it's always a chill time, and keep in mind, you can actually name Pokemon during that playthrough for a $25 or more tip. So, please consider <clears throat> coming and chilling and supporting Pokemon tonight. 
cool. Then tomorrow, we completely flip it all on its head with different kinds of stuff. Tomorrow is the continuation of Horizon Forbidden West on the main gameplay stream, which, as I said, the more I play this game, it's growing on me. I'm actually liking it more. The gameplay elements are getting better, in my opinion. Um, the graphics are still outstanding. I can't wait to play more. We actually left on a really high action-packed note the last time that I played it, and I can't wait to get back into it tomorrow, okay? And then tomorrow night, <clears throat> Skyrim Anniversary Edition continues. Now, we were doing the Thieves Guild quest line, and it was very fun, but what happened? Ah, shit. We had to go to Solitude, and I haven't been to Solitude yet, so we ended up kind of walking to Solitude from a close area, and now we're running into all these dungeons and stuff. So, will we get to Solitude and continue Thieves Guild or not? I don't know, but it's going to be a fun time. I hope that you guys will join me for that tomorrow night. Now, on Thursday, <clears throat> okay, on Thursday, the entire day streams are in your hands because what I'm going to do is a poll, and the poll is going to be, do you want to see more King of Fighters or more Horizon Forbidden West, and do you want to see more Skyrim or more Pokemon Legends Arceus? And you will determine this directly. <clears throat> uh, you can determine this directly via polling. Okay? When will those polls go live? Eh, tomorrow. Okay? <laughs> so, good stuff. Good week. Exciting. Fun. Tasty. Mm. Then on Friday, it's the premiere of Elden Ring. Now, one of the news stories that I was going to get to, I'm just going to jump the gun and I'm going to get to it right now. Okay? Let's talk about the big one, Elden Ring, which is what everyone wants to talk about, okay? So here's the deal. I have been holding off on talking with you guys about what version of Elden Ring I'm going to purchase and play because I wanted to get the bottom line from the experts. And when it comes to graphical performance of games, most of the time, it's the guys over at Digital Foundry that are correct. They've made a few mistakes over the years, but in general, they're pretty damn good at what they do. They really treat their their coverage of games very professionally. And in my opinion, they are the authority, for the most part, on graphical performance of games. So when you say, man, I want to know the game that's going to have the least input lag, the best graphical performance when it comes to resolution, frame rate, detail, loading times, etc., who do you trust? Digital Foundry, okay? So I've been waiting for, for information about this to come out, all right? And... Digital Foundry actually came out with a statement yesterday that kind of annoyed me. They basically said the following. Normally, we would do an early release, uh, you know, informative video about a new release like Elden Ring, but we've actually been contacted by From Software and asked not to do that because From Software has told us they're going to issue a day one patch that will significantly improve things like graphics, loading time, etc. And so it would be unfair to review the game early, and then day one, the game actually is, runs better, and now everything Digital Foundry said is basically null and void, you see? So that being said, Digital Foundry is like, well, here's the deal. If From Software gets us the patch early, which sometimes these companies do, then we can test it fully, we can do our analysis, we can put out our video, and there you go. But you gotta understand that if they don't get it to us right away or early enough, there may not be enough time for us to fully test all these versions and put out our analysis on the internet before the game releases. In fact, they're kind of alluding to the fact that this is a special case where they might not be able to tell you what the best version is to buy until the game's already out, okay? 
So, that kind of stinks. I The reason that it's really a big deal for me, okay, is because as you guys know, it's been a long time since we had a mainstream Soulsborne game, even though you might consider Sekiro 1, and it is to some extent. I feel like Dark Souls 1 through 3, Demon Souls, and, and, and Bloodborne are all kind of in the same style of gameplay and universe. You know what I'm saying? With a few tweaks and variations here or there. Elden Ring is going to be kind of like that too. And the last major one that I played as a new release was Dark Souls 3. Okay? And man, that was the most disappointing, disappointing experience. Because I got the Xbox One version to play it early. There was a leak where you could play the Japanese version early, way back then when it came out. This was before I was a full-time live streamer and I was still heavily reliant on YouTube revenue as my major source of income at the time. So because of that, I had to go in line with what everyone else was doing. If all the competition is going to play this game two, three weeks early from when it comes out in the U.S., I got to do that too. If I wait three weeks, I'm going to make next to no money on these videos and now I, you know, my business is failing because of it. This was one of the biggest releases of that year, you see? So I had to jump the gun and essentially, I had to play it on Xbox One so that I could play it early like everybody else. And that backfired tremendously. Let me tell you why. Not because the playthrough didn't do well. You know? No, that's not the case. It's because, basically, the game ran like shit on Xbox One. It was really terrible. Um, frame rate drops out the ass. Literal situations where there was boss fights. Where the game couldn't handle the graphics. Or, I, I should say, the console couldn't handle the graphical things that the game was trying to pump out, and the game would slow down to a crawl. It would feel like you're playing in slow motion. The inputs you would press would be insanely delayed. And it was so bad that there were certain boss fights, like Pontiff Sullivan, or Sullivan, or however the hell you say it, took me hours and hours to beat, even though it's not even that tough of a boss. When I replayed the game years later on PS4, I steamrolled that boss. I think it was second try I kicked his ass. Like, why? Because the game didn't slow down, lock up, fuck up, and all my inputs came out. Because the, the, the Xbox One version was just supremely inferior at that time, okay? Now, since we don't know what version to get, I'm going to be talking with you guys over the week and trying to get your feedback. What do you think? PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X? Truth of the matter is, I don't have to get it until, like, a few hours before, because I want to preload it, obviously, and have it ready for the stream, the premiere stream for Friday. But... Yeah, like, it's going to be a pain in the ass to try to figure this out. I really feel like it's going to be just such a a major... I, I feel like no matter what I do, it's going to be the wrong choice. And that's going to piss me off. I'm being, being honest here. Again, this is arguably the most hype release this entire month, even with all these other new releases. I want to do the right thing. I want to have the best version for me, the best version for you. I have every console, so you should fucking think that I'd be able to get the best one, but... I don't know if there's going to be any information about it. Now, just to, to be clear here, the review embargoes for Elden Ring release tomorrow, meaning everyone on the planet who got an early release copy, yes, every, every fucking golden boy journalist and fucking selected special, you know, sp silver spoon in your fucking mouth uh, content creator out there, all of them are going to be able to put out content for the game tomorrow. So the entire game will be spoiled by the time that I play it on Friday, there's really no pressure there because, you know, for me, it's more like, okay, how will I handle these challenges rather than, oh, let me reveal these challenges to you for the first time. Um, I know the entire game will be spoiled tomorrow, okay? So, I don't know. We're gonna, I'm going to talk to you guys, and over the week, hopefully, we'll determine what the best 
uh, <clears throat> version of the game is. Okay? We'll have to see. Um, in addition, do not worry. There's not going to be spoilers. Because some people already have contacted me and said, Phil, you got to understand that this is a game that we're purposely avoiding the internet so we don't get spoiled on it. Can you be sure when you're playing the game and uploading your videos you don't spoil? Yes. What I will do, I will not put the names of bosses in the video descriptions. I will say big boss fight or something like that. Or I will say, oh, surprise, shocking twist, or got my ass beat. But I'll put generic things in the titles of the videos without specifically referencing names. So that way there's no big spoiler about here comes a big boss you weren't expecting, or here's this or here's that. Okay, I'll do my best. In general, I try not to spoil. If it's a game that's been out for years and years, that's a different story. You could say, oh, this is the name of the boss. But if it's a new game, you don't really want to usually spoil it, you know. Uh, I'll do my best for that. And in addition, <clears throat> I am well aware that for some odd reason, the PC version of Elden Ring is releasing incredibly early. It's releasing at 3 p.m. Pacific Time Thursday. The console versions will not come out until like 9 p.m. Pacific time or midnight Eastern time. For some reason, PC gamers get the game way early, like a whole half day early. There's nothing I do about that either, and you know I can't play it on PC. I'm playing it starting on Friday, okay? If anything, for those of you who are playing this game, likely you'll be able to play it before me, and that way you can join my streams on Friday, and you won't be spoiled because you'll already have played the game for yourselves, you see? So that's a good thing. Okay. So all day Friday, I'm playing Elden Ring, both streams, and then come on Saturday, all day Saturday, I'm playing Elden Ring, both streams. So within two days of the release of Elden Ring, <clears throat> I'll be playing it 10 hours of gameplay, at least, okay? That's pretty cool. I hope that you guys will join me for two straight days of Elden Ring action. Friday and Saturday, okay? Sunday, I like to mix it up. And since it will have been two main straight days of Elden Ring, I actually want to purposely give it a break, okay? So on Sunday, likely what we'll do is exactly what we're doing on Thursday. You guys will choose, do you want more King of Fighters or more uh, Horizon? And same thing, do you want more Pokemon or more Skyrim to end the week, okay? So there you go. That's the streaming week, all right? Now... Once we get to March, we'll talk about March. But one little thing I want to give you guys a little preview of. One game that's coming out in early March that I've been on the fence about. A game that I have no idea if I would really enjoy because I've, I've actually never, ever played a game in the franchise before. It's a little game you may have heard by the name of Gran Turismo 7. Alright, it is a PlayStation 5 console exclusive, I believe. And everyone who likes cars and racing and sim this kind of sim game has been talking about it of course you haven't heard too much about it because we're so hyped for all the other games that have come out this month but undoubtedly once march hits you're going to hear people start talking about it okay so i've been on the fence about it and i got contacted by someone behind the scenes who says phil i would actually be willing to donate gran turismo 7 just to see you play it, since you've never played one of these games before. It would be interesting to see your take on it, and also for you to see the graphical capabilities of the PS5, because typically, Gran Turismo is kind of known as a graphical showcase, right? That's one of the major actual focuses of Gran Turismo, is that they try to make it look as good as possible, right? So, 
Yeah, if it's donated, if this person follows through with what they've promised, I will be playing Gran Turismo 7, and that comes out March 4th. That's the very first week of March. So just think about this. I'm going to be playing all the games I'm playing now, plus Gran Turismo as well. It's, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's a lot of games. This is going to be insane. I just don't know how I'm going to handle it. I already, I already put Dying Light 2 on hiatus. What's next? <laughs> we'll find out. Anyway. Anyway, my friends, that's a crazy schedule. Now, housekeeping-wise, a couple quick things to talk about, and then we can finally get to Phil's Day Off, Gaming News, and Dark Souls 2. So, housekeeping-wise, ladies and gents, we got a lot of members, man. We got a lot of members. Just a couple of days ago, we were at, like, in the 360s. And now, oh, God. Uh, oh, excuse me. Now we're at 383. We were at 385 on Sunday, and then we lost a couple on my day off yesterday, which means a couple of memberships expired, and since I wasn't streaming, the people weren't around to re-up their memberships, and now we've lost a few, all right? So the record we have right now is 385, but we lost a few, and we're down to 383, okay? It would be great, especially for Elden Week. For this amount of hype that we got, all the new games I'm playing, all the crazy stuff going on. If you guys have not become members yet, what are you waiting for? Now is the time to take advantage of all the benefits of being a member. I would outline them, but I don't have time today, so look it up. If you click on the member button, like the join button, it'll give you all the rundown anyway, okay? So, please consider it. Every time we get a new member at 385 or above, we're hitting a new record. It would be great if we could hit it. It's great to do the viewers' choice event again and bring back a game that you guys vote and nominate on, nominate on and vote on. Oh my God, I said it backwards. Whatever, you get it. Please do it. Thank you. Now, another thing that's very important this week, in particular, this is the most important it's ever been. So please listen up, everyone. All right, listen. It's very important. I literally played that sound effect to get people's attention because some people probably are listening to this as white noise. And when I play that, they're like, huh, what's Phil saying? All right, listen up. This is very important, everyone. This week, okay? This week, everybody, is one of the biggest weeks ever with the amount of games I'm playing, new releases, as well as Elden Ring coming out on Friday, and that's going to be an epic playthrough, okay? So all that being said, Right now is the most important time to get engagement on this channel. That means if you are watching a live stream and you're having a good time, please give it a like. That means if you are watching an on-demand video of any of these new releases that I'm covering, please give it a like. Hell, if you're watching an on-demand video and you're like, you know, I'm just going to leave a comment to help Phil. Hey, Phil, good video. Seriously, that's all you have to do because some people think, oh, to comment on a video, i got to have something very insightful to say about what's going on in this video. Man, I don't really know about King of Fighters that much. I like watching Phil play it, but I don't know anything about the game, so I can't really leave a comment. Wrong. Leave a comment. Phil, great video. Phil, good job. I like this. I like fighting games. Anything in general helps. Seriously. And I've noticed distinctly over the last week, increase in likes, increase in comments. This is helping the channel. I can concre concretely tell you the other day, the channel got 50 new subs in one day. 50. That's almost unprecedented in the modern era. Of course, back in the day, I'd get 50 subs every two seconds. But now, getting 50 subs in one day is huge. And with all the new games this week, 
Elden Ring on Friday. We want people to know that DSP Gaming is a destination to watch someone like me, a true independent gamer with no sponsorships, no affiliations, no associations, no ties to anything. I'm honest. I'm the honest dude who's here to just chill and talk with you guys while I play games and give you my honest reaction. That's who I've been since the day I started putting out videos in 2008, and that's who I am today. We want people to know that I exist, okay? I'm back full force, working on DSP Gaming, trying to make this channel prominent again. It's going to be a very long uphill battle to do that. <laughs> with your buy-in, we can do that. But I need your buy-in. Now is actually the most important time to like a stream, like a video, and leave comments. These three key things can propel DSP Gaming into prominence on YouTube. People searching for these new game releases, boom, oh my god, there's DSP Gaming playing it, let me check it out. Because you're doing those things, this channel can get propelled in the YouTube search rankings, okay? So please do so if you're enjoying the content. I don't want anyone doing this artificially to fakely inflate my popularity. I want you to do it because you like it. And the bottom line is I know there's thousands of people on a daily basis who are watching this stuff on this channel, whether it's on a live stream, on demand, or both. Just think if I had thousands of likes and thousands of comments a day. I don't. I barely get a couple hundred of that. And that's the thing. If we could get it a regular thing that everyone just does, a routine, like Phil's content, then let me like it on YouTube. Then... This channel can grow. I told you guys I had a goal. 200,000 subscribers on this channel by my birthday, the first week of April. At this point, it's looking like a crazy pipe dream that's never going to happen. We are at 160, uh, 196,000, I think like around just around 400 subs, something like that, give or take. I think maybe we can hit 197,000 in the next you know month, maybe oh, even if we're stretching it, maybe 198. But it's really not looking like we're going to reach my goal. Which sucks because I would have really loved to do a big celebratory 200, 200k event in April. I would have loved doing that. But it looks like it ain't going to happen at this point. Okay? It would be great if we could by some miracle. Maybe Elden Ring is that miracle. Maybe not. I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket. And I'm not really going to go crazy believing that. Okay? But if you guys can help me out, I would really appreciate it. Please be engaging with the content and it'll help, okay? All right. Without further ado, it's time for the segment known as Phil's Day Off. So yesterday was my day off from streaming. And man, it was a tough day for me. Want to know why? Because so much had happened on Sunday night that I wanted to talk about. And other stuff was happening. And I was like, damn, why is it every effing time I have a day off, everything happens? In reality, not a lot happened on my day off. Okay, it was a more relaxing day. Kat actually was playing a lot of Horizon Forbidden West, and when she was, basically, I couldn't pay attention because they were all spoilers. Um, so, what ended up happening, first of all, now this, this I definitely am going to go on a little rant here, everyone. Okay, I have to. Okay, you ready? So, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, I am a full-time YouTuber now. I don't have income from any other source besides the crowdfunding you guys give me on a daily basis, which is tips. Okay, everything else, memberships, super chats, super stickers, and ad revenue is all YouTube revenue. And I get paid by YouTube once a month. That's it. One paycheck a month I get, and then I get tips from you guys. That's all my income. No other sources of income. Okay. So, 
Yesterday, the 21st, was payday for me. I get paid around the 21st of every month, and usually it's on the 21st. And I got bills to pay. It's my day off. I got things I got to do, like grocery shopping and the like. And I'm like, you know, okay, everything's good. Everything's lining up fine, okay? So I wake up in the morning, and I check, and it says, Google has sent you your payment. Oh, good. I got my payment. We're good to go for today. And so I go, and I check my bank account, and the money's not there. What the? The money's not there. And I check it again. I check, And I'm checking over the course of the morning as I'm getting ready for my day. The money's not there. So what is going on? Okay. Now here's the deal. Here's the good news. I was smart this week. And you guys were very, very generous over the course of this last weekend with support. The tips were actually quite good. We had a tips of war on a Pokemon stream and the like. So, wisely... I saved money for my day off on Monday, okay? I didn't go blow it on paying all my bills and everything because sometimes when I make enough money, I'm like, oh, let me just get this bill out of the way. Let me get this bill out of the way. I waited, okay? I'm glad I waited because if I hadn't, I would have been in a lot of trouble, okay? <clears throat> so, I went ahead and saved some money and I had, luckily, enough money saved up from the weekend to actually have my day off and afford everything I needed to do on Monday, all right? So thank God it was not a crazy crisis. <sighs> it was a close one because I wasn't expecting this to happen. So all day I'm checking, I still don't have my money. What is going on, right? It says Google sent it. I went, I confirmed, yes, Google sent the payment. Everything's fine. So then after, you know, having a nice breakfast with my, my wife, we made our list, our grocery list and all the errands that I needed to run during the day. And I headed out to do them while she wanted to play Horizon Forbidden West. And I 100% support that. She loves the franchise. It's one of her favorites. The fact that this game is out, she's loving it, by the way. She absolutely loves Horizon Forbidden West. She's playing it on PS4 Pro. And I can tell you guys firsthand from watching her play it, it looks almost exactly the same as PS5, except it's 30 frames per second. That's the only difference. The actual graphics of the game look just as good as PS5, except it's 30 frames per second. That's the only difference. So really, she's not getting any worse of an experience as I am playing it on PS4 Pro as opposed to PS5, which is a great thing because she still can't get a PS5. She really wants one, can't get one yet, okay? So, ladies and gents, I head out to have my day off, and I'm like, well, I have no idea where my money is, why it's frozen or whatever. I don't know why I'm not receiving it. Let's go out and do all the shit. And so I'm driving out, to do stuff, you know, I'm heading down the road, and I'm like, God, there's a lot of cars out here today for midday on a Monday, what the fuck is going on, why there's so many people out on the road, and I'm not kidding you, it took me 35 minutes to get to a place that usually takes me 10 minutes to get to, that's how bad the traffic was, and I'm like, something is fucking going on, and then I realized it when I finally got to the store, it was President's Day, President's Day, all right, I, t I have to rant a bit. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> do you want to know what the biggest, fakest, most bullshit possible holiday in the United States of America is? It's called President's Day. What does it mean? Absolutely fucking nothing. Okay? At one point in the month of February, there used to be two different national holidays to celebrate the birthdays of two different notable American presidents, all right? At one point, 
the federal government decided two holidays in a month was too many. So let's consolidate those holidays into one and call it President's Day. Okay? Now, what is President's Day? Nothing. No, I really mean that. Nothing. What actually happens on President's Day? Nothing. There's no actual holiday celebrations. No one's getting together to celebrate President's Day. It's literally a fake holiday. Nothing happens on it, okay? It's, it's a waste of time. No one benefits from President's Day whatsoever, okay? But because it's considered a national holiday here in the United States, it's considered also a bank holiday, a government holiday, and a day when retail stores go crazy with sales. Okay, so why wasn't I getting my payment from YouTube for the month? Because the banks were closed. The banks were closed. Now I really need to go on a rant. Ladies and gentlemen, in 2022, we live in a digital world. At any moment, I could send you a payment. You could send me a payment. I can buy something over the internet. I could have it delivered within hours to my home. Okay. Even on a national holiday like President's Day, business doesn't just shut down and close. Every business was open. Everyone was doing work, except for the banks and the government. What? Why? How does this make any fucking sense at all? No, I mean it. How the fuck does it make sense that only banks and government agencies are closed but the rest of the world is open for business as if it's a normal fucking day. Because the problem with this is, oh, today's my payday and I need to get paid to pay everyone else who wants money from me. Like, I have bills due right fucking now that I need money to pay because I need YouTube to pay me so I can pay them. Just because it was President's Day, do you think that these companies give a fuck that I couldn't get my money from YouTube because the bank was closed? Nobody gives a fuck about that. They want their money. But for some reason, government thinks, oh, it's a national holiday. We don't have to do any work today. We have our thumbs up our fucking asses and we don't do shit. Fuck you. No, really. Fuck you. You don't get a fucking special treatment holiday because you work at a bank or the government. Everyone else has to have a life today. You should too. I'm tired of these fake national holidays that don't mean shit. The one time in my life that ever President's Day meant anything, when I was a kid in elementary school, on President's Day, the teachers would have a special lesson lined up where we would usually talk about some of the American presidents, okay? And that was it. That is the extent, the fucking extent of President's Day. Every normal person has a normal day. All these fake national holidays need to fucking go away. Get your ass out there and fucking work, bitch. You don't get a day off but because it's fucking President's Day. Now, I get paid by YouTube and I can't get my money. But here's the funny thing. I can spend money, but I can't receive money from my bank account. So I can go out and go, oh, go ahead. Commercialism is great. Spend, spend, spend. Capitalistic mentality in America. Spend all your money. But wait, it's time for me to make money. Wrong. It's President's Day. You can't make any money. Fuck you. Wow. No, how about fuck you? Get out there and work, bitches. Everyone else is doing it. And I'm tired of this fucking fake-ass holiday shit. Enough is enough. All right? Listen, you want to make President's Day a super capitalistic 
commercialist holiday where there's sales everywhere. Fine. You did it with everything else. You did it with Valentine's Day. You did it with Christmas. Fucking Easter. Shit. They have like a pizza day. They have a fucking chocolate bar day. They have a fucking dress like a pirate. Say R and drop all your booty at the local stores day. Okay, fine. But don't shut fucking down everything else because it's President's Day. Fuck you. President Biden. Give me my fucking money. President Biden. Who are you to withhold my funds, bitch? <laughs> okay. Now I'm getting really, really over the top excited. And I'm just kidding, of course. The good news is, like I said, and this, I'm, I'm being honest, this was completely by accident that I had saved up the money over the weekend. I didn't pay bills or anything. I had it still sitting in my account. Thank God, because if I didn't, I literally would have had no money to do anything yesterday. I didn't know yesterday was fucking President's Day. Who the fuck did? No one pays attention to that shit unless you work at a bank or the government. No one pays attention to this stuff. Okay? No one. So, I, I lucked out. Essentially, I really did luck out that I had the money saved up and hadn't spent it on bills and shit. Because, man, if I had spent it, I was screwed. I had no way to even get groceries yesterday. But thank God I did. I was a It was a fine day. And essentially all the day was, like I said, I went out and, and did errands. While I did, my wife was playing Horizon Forbidden West. She actually had these major story developments. She she's telling me the game's getting really good. She's like, once you get further into the story, it's getting better and better. And there's some crazy-ass boss fights coming up, she's saying. <laughs> cool, I can't wait. It's going to take me a long-ass time um, in order to get to those points, but... It is what it is. It was a good day. It was a relaxing day. A fun day. I don't really... No, I don't have any st horror stories of me standing on a step stool with a plunger, plunging my fucking kitchen sink with geysers of celery water erupting all over my kitchen. I don't have anything like that for you this week. I'm very sorry. Now let's move on to what everyone wants to hear me talk about. Okay? Let's hear what everyone... Oh, yes. That's correct, Darziak. I got paid today. It came through today. But essentially, I had the money yesterday and should have had it. My bank just didn't work. Literally, my bank, even though everything's digital, even on the, if it's a day off, their digital shit doesn't work either. So even though the money was coming in, I should have had it yesterday to spend, they just held it in limbo for an extra day. Literally just held the money in limbo and then gave it to me today. So I'm fine, but it's fucked up that they did that. Okay. Actually, I'm lying. President Biden showed up this morning, presented me with a giant, cartoonishly large check for my my monthly pay. Okay, now, the big news I want to talk about today is all about Street Fighter and Capcom in general, because at the very end of the Capcom Cup tournament series on Sunday night, and the countdown that had been going down all week ended and hyster hysterically ended and then had no announcement because they had to wait for Capcom Cup tournament to finish, so it ended up being like an hour and a half late. Finally, Capcom came out with two big announcements. <clears throat> the first announcement, I literally have nothing really negative to say about it. I'm actually quite excited about it. They announced a brand new game coming out on June 24th of this year called Capcom Fighting Collection. This collection is 10 games, including the entire run of the Darkstalkers franchise from the original Night Warriors all the way to the end game of like Vampire Savior 2, which by the way, no one plays. It's really funny the history of Darkstalkers. Unlike Street Fighter, where there were like five versions of the game and everyone just kept playing them, in Japan, people hated the last two versions. So the last one that was released worldwide is just called Vampire Savior, and that's the one everyone played. 
after that, they had other versions that people basically didn't really play competitively. So what's really weird about this collection, it has all five versions of Darkstalkers, but I actually don't know which version people will play. It's confusing. Even the titles are confusing. It's like Darkstalkers, Night Warriors, Vampire Savior, Night Warriors 2, Vampire Savior 2. How do I even know what one I'm supposed to be playing? It's, it doesn't make sense. It's very confusing. But but play Vampire Savior 1. That's the one everyone plays. What about the other ones? <laughs> we'll have to talk about that when we get closer to the collection and figure out what we're going to do about it. But the collection also includes <clears throat> Cyberbots, Red Sun. I think it's Red Sun. Um, oh, oh puzzle, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. Super Gem Fighter Mini Mix. A game that I had forgotten even existed. Um, and for me, the big one in this collection, Hyper Street Fighter 2 Anniversary Edition, okay? So the cool thing about this collection, supposedly it's supposed to have full-on rollback netcode, fully versatile lobbies, ranked, casual, all kinds of online play at launch. And I know that sounds weird, like, oh, it's called Red Earth, not Red Sun, excuse me, it's called Red Earth. Thank you for correcting me, Big Papa Phil. Um, you might say... Why is it a big deal to promise these basic online functionalities at launch? Well, because Digital Eclipse, the people making this collection, are the same people who made the 30th anniversary collection for Street Fighter that didn't work at launch. <laughs> That's why. At launch, the lobby crashed constantly and didn't work. They didn't have rollback netcode. It was terrible. So because of all these, it's like, oh, we know we fucked up five years ago. So let's promise you that it'll actually work this time so maybe more people will buy it, you know? So anyway, I'm excited for this collection because if they actually do come through on their promises, this could actually be quite a fun collection. Now, Hyper Street Fighter 2 is a game that came out in 2006. Back then, there was no online play for Street Fighter on consoles. So Hyper Street Fighter 2 was an offline game, okay? Now, what was Hyper Street Fighter 2? It was an attempt at Capcom at that time, I mean, we're talking, you know, 15 plus years ago, to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Street Fighter. And what they wanted to do was create a game that combined all of the versions of Street Fighter 2, all five of them, into one game. Okay? So what is that? I mean, how did it work? It really didn't. When it came out for that year, that was the game that was chosen to be competitively in the Evo circuit. So if you went to Evo East, Evo West, Evo South, Evo Midwest, all these different ones, okay? This was a game that was being played. Um, It's definitely not a well-balanced game. What I can tell you this is that there are certain versions of characters that are ridiculously overpowered while others are actually underpowered. There are certain characters in Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo that are much better than their versions in this version. They actually somehow manage to, like, tone them down or nerf them a bit, um, which is weird. And then there are certain versions of characters that are broken as shit, like Champion Edition M. Bison. <laughs> he is a godlike character in this game. He has a lockdown pattern where unless you do a perfectly timed reversal, you can't get out of it. You are stuck in this pattern and you die. You can't escape it. It's broken as shit, okay? So, the game is fun. The game is good, and this is the game that I, I was a champion in. I was going around that year to every tournament, and I was winning every tournament that I went to, whether it was a local, whether it was an actual EVO qualifier. This is the one I won EVO East, and you can watch me beating 
uh, Justin Wong and Seth Killian in this game. Those videos are on YouTube somewhere. They're very ancient because it was very done very crappily. They didn't even do direct capture at the time. But that's when this is at the height of when I was a competitive uh, fighting game player. So basically, like this is the game that I was super good at. And I was doing really well. And this is when I started getting major respect in the Street Fighter community as actually being a top player. As opposed to previously, it was like, oh, Phil's a fluke or Phil's no good. And I was like, oh, shit, this guy actually is good. He's kind of winning everywhere now. All right. So this is exciting for me. This is like my game. Really. Like, this is my game. And I'm excited that it's going to get kind of a resurgence. Because the thing is, the game kind of didn't really get a lot of attention. It got played for one year. And then the year after... Capcom Classics Collection 2 on the PlayStation 2 was released. That collection had a version of Arcade Super Turbo that everyone was promised was good. We played that for that year, and then we came to find out it was actually the worst version because it had an insanely bad input delay that no one was aware of at the time. Okay? So basically, <clears throat> Hyper Street Fighter 2 was played for one year and dropped for a version that supposedly was supposed to be better. And then everyone realized that version sucked, and that got dropped. Then the next one that came out, yeah, Super Street Fighter 2 HD Remix came out, and then that was the next one everyone played. So you see, it was like every year, <clears throat> there was a new version of Street Fighter 2 that people played, and Hyper Street Fighter 2 just got left in the dust. <clears throat> What's funny about it is, I feel like if it had been played at length, that quite frankly, maybe it would have been a better game. People only played it for like half a year, and then basically dumped it after Evo season. And I think the game might have actually had some traction and gotten better over time if people had played it with more longevity. I mean, there's five to six versions of each character in the game. That's a lot of variations of one character, and all the characters are in it, so it's like, damn, that's a lot of characters available, right? <clears throat> so it's kind of sad that it really didn't get its time in the sun outside of just maybe like six months of play. Um, but now it's in this collection. So this collection is outstanding. It sounds great to me. I'm excited for it. I hope you guys are too. Come June, likely this collection will take over for the weekly 30th anniversary edition streams that I do. More than likely what we're going to do for now, all right, we're going to focus in on King of Fighters for a bit. When people demand that I bring back old school Street Fighter, we will, and it'll have a last hurrah, maybe like a last month that we actually play the 30th anniversary collection before this new collection comes out, and then this new collection will likely take over and be the one that we play at length, okay? Because, hey, I, I, I like <clears throat> Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. I like Street Fighter Alpha 3, okay? But to be able to play Darkstalkers plus Hyper Street Fighter 2, those are two really good franchises. And I'm excited to actually play more Darkstalkers. I like Vampire Savior, although admittedly, Jetta is insanely fucking overpowered in that game. But... I'd be excited to come back and play Darkstalkers at a competitive level. I haven't in many, many years. I'd like to play it again. And Hyper Street Fighter 2, like I said, that's my game, dude. That was my game. That was where I became prominent as a tournament champion. So, <clears throat> awesome. So that's the first half of our announcements. But then, what everyone was waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, it's the big reveal. They finally announced it, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming Street Fighter 6. That is correct. Street Fight. I must have clicked the wrong picture. Hold on a second here. This is Street Fighter 6 logo. Street Fighter 6 logo. What the fuck is that? That's the logo for Street Fighter 6? Now, admittedly, this wasn't actually a gameplay reveal. It wasn't even a reveal at all. 
it was basically Capcom just acknowledging, hey, we haven't been sitting on our asses for the past several years. We're actually working on Street Fighter VI. All it was was this logo and a brief FMV. What would you even call it? It just showed bearded Ryu wearing sandals, which everyone has issue with because apparently Ryu is always supposed to be barefoot, against <clears throat> the new character who they had just added to Street Fighter V, who apparently is supposed to be one of the major characters of Street Fighter VI. What the fuck is his name? Lars? Lucas? Lefty? Lester the Unlikely? I don't know what the fuck his name is. I don't care. He's a fucking loser. He looks like a dweeb. He's a dumbass fucking chest tattoos. He looks like a UFC reject. And he looks like a Ken doll at the same time. He's probably one of the worst character designs I've ever seen in my fucking life. So it shows Ryu fighting this guy for like not even half a second or something. And then they're like, Street Fighter Six, And they flip to this logo. More info coming this summer. Okay? And this is the big reveal of Street Fighter Six. Alright? Now, first of all, okay, we already knew Street Fighter Six was in development. It had already been talked about publicly because that's why Ono left the company. For those who don't know, Ono was the man who for many, many years had been in charge of the fighting game department at Capcom. He was in charge at the time when Street Fighter Four was prominent. He was in charge during Marvel's Capcom 3. But he was also in charge during the very, very, very flopped launch of Street Fighter V, the very, very, very big failure that was Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. And apparently the rumor is that once he revealed Street Fighter VI to like the board of directors of Capcom, the board of directors said, this game looks terrible. And basically said, we don't want you in charge of the fighting game division anymore. We've lost confidence in you. We're going to basically demote you and put someone else in charge of the project. And Ono got so upset about this. He wasn't being fired. He was basically just having his responsibilities shuffled around. He was so crushed and so upset about this. He left the company entirely. He didn't have to. He chose to. He said, I don't want to be here anymore. Okay? Now, this all was like over a year ago. We knew this. So for Capcom to come out and Sunday night and be like, oh, Street Fighter Six, like, and? We know that. Tell us about the game. No. No, you're not going to tell us about the game. Nope. Wait till the summer. Okay, you can have it your way, Capcom. If you're not going to tell us about the game, we're going to fuck with your logo. Because if this is the only thing that Capcom's going to give us to work with, right, then we're going to microanalyze the fuck out of it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's a very rare occurrence in the modern day when the internet can agree on anything, all right? Fuck, people post up pictures of dresses on social media and they can't decide if it's fucking blue, brown, or yellow. Go figure that one out, okay? In this case, I have never seen such a standing of solidarity on the internet. Collectively, gamers worldwide have looked at this logo, this one, and they agree this logo is fucking shit. Okay? First of all, let's really take a look at this logo. Alright? What is this logo? Right? I've seen people describe it in many different ways. All hilarious. Alright? First of all, if it weren't for the fact that at the end of the term Street Fighter, there's a small trademark symbol, I wouldn't even believe this was the real logo. I would have been like, you're fucking with me. That's, that can't be Street Fighter 6. Someone just whipped this out in five minutes, put it on the internet, and somehow it went viral, and people are gullible. They're believing it. But no, it's real. It has the trademark, and it was in the official trailer. This is actually the logo that they're going with for Street Fighter 6. Okay? Now, 
one hilarious person said, it looks like Street Fighter just received six emails. <laughs> you know, like on your phone, when you have something coming into your inbox and there's a little hovering number over it. Yeah, that's literally exactly what it looks like. I have to actually agree. Uh, it just looks like a, a, a crappy logo that would be on your phone. Like a, It looks like the icon for like a mobile game or, right? It does. It doesn't look like something that's a formal logo for a big franchise, okay? This looks to me, I mean, I'll, I'll describe it as much as I can in, in my honest way, all right? This looks to me like a bunch of people who are in charge of the project but have absolutely no idea about the history of Street Fighter, the spirit of Street Fighter, or even what the fighting game franchises are supposed to be even about, said, we need to rebrand to look hip and cool and different. So let's actually completely change how we look, all right? Now listen, sometimes rebrandings can be very successful, okay? But Street Fighter is the franchise that made fighting games competitive and put them into their own genre, all right? Street Fighter 2 was the game that every other game was inspired by, and therefore, it should feel like it has its own unique, unchanging identity over the years. If you look at the other Street Fighter logos that have come out over the years, they all have that big splashing Street Fighter. In fact, take a look at my logo in the bottom left-hand corner of your screens right now. This is DSP Gaming. You see that logo? That's the style of Street Fighter. It's colorful. It's exciting. It has its own kind of style and identity. And it's always been synonymous with this fighting game franchise. Literally what they did is they took all of that identity away and stripped all the personality and the history of Street Fighter out of it and said, we're starting over with the most bland thing possible. All right? What this looks to me like, this looks like a $5 piece of clip art you bought off of one of those websites to use in a video, right? This looks like your seven-year-old cousin, you know, went to the local hobby store and bought a stencil and a can of spray paint and just said, went to town. Here we go. Oh, look, I made a logo. Look how cool. I spent two minutes on this, mom. Look how cool it looks, right? Like, I don't even know what they're going for. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even say anything. When you when you take away the color, when you take away the vibrance, when you take away the attitude of Street Fighter from its logo, okay? What does that mean for the game itself, okay? Now, hold on. Before we even get to that, because I don't want to jump the gun. Whatever happened to the logos that people were showing all over the internet? Like, anyone remember this one that came out last year? I guess this one was bullshit. Look at this fucking logo, okay? It's a big flaming six. You got Ryu's fist with his, you know, his signature glove that he's had ever since Street Fighter 3. And you can tell this is Street Fighter because it's got that distinctive stylized look, right? Even though it doesn't even have letters. Just having a big... Oh, six on fire. Like, this game's going to be on fucking fire. It's going to have attitude. That hand is going to go right up your fucking ass. That's what it looks like, right? Now, admittedly, it doesn't have the, the punch or the comedic value of, say, the Resident Evil 6 logo, which looked like someone was giving a giraffe a blowjob. But still, it has some punch to it. And it looks... It, it jumps off the page. It looks interesting. You see? 
what happened? I guess this wasn't real. I guess this actually was bullshit. And this was something that they made up last year to, to, to hype, but it wasn't real. I don't think this was actually made by Sony. It must have been made by a fan, but people kind of thought it was a leak when it really wasn't. Okay? Now, this is so, this logo is so bad. All right? That fans all over the world have attempted to remake it. All right? And I'm just going to give you one example how five minutes of effort, five minutes, can make this logo better. Take a look at this. Okay? I want to rebrand Street Fighter. Okay, rebrand it. But at least give it some of its attitude back. At least make it look like Street Fighter. So, like, when you look at this, you say, okay, it's got the color scheme with the gradient that we're used to. It's got that distinctive Street Fighter style that kind of looks almost like a paintbrush drawing the, the letters. But the logo's changed a little bit. It's a little different, right? That's a rebranding logo. Although it kind of looks like the old logo, it still looks different and better. Does it look like it's outdated, like a 1990s kind of logo? Of course it does. But Street Fighter was born in the 90s, so it makes sense. Something like that, okay? At least pops off the fucking page, right? And by the way, again, that's five minutes of effort to make the logo better. I don't think you could have actually done worse than this logo. Really, I don't think so. I think this, if anything, okay, sadly, this shows that whoever is in charge of Street Fighter VI is uncreative, unimaginative, and sadly, is not stirring this franchise in the right direction. I mean, look at how they fucked everyone over with the nickel and diming of Street Fighter V for so long. Obviously, they didn't care, because if they did, there would have been more attention to detail, there would have been more quality to the franchise, and they wouldn't have tried to milk the game for six fucking years, they would have put out something better. Instead, they milked the fuck out of the customer base. Now, Street Fighter Six is coming out, oh look, we're rebranding with the most boring bullshit you've ever seen. Now, you may say, Phil, you're way overanalyzing it. It's just a logo. You can't judge the entire game or anything off of that logo. And I will answer you, fair enough, yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. You really shouldn't be judging the entire franchise off of a logo. However, I respond in kind like this. Then maybe they shouldn't have fucking put out a teaser with nothing in it. No gameplay. No knowledge of what consoles the games are coming out on or any other formats. No information about netcode. No information about anything. Here, I'll do you one better. Alright? Street Fighter 6 is coming out later this year. And when it comes out, there's only two buttons unlocked. But if you buy the season pass, you can get a third button unlocked additionally and one new character. Because that's right, ladies and gentlemen, when Street Fighter 6 comes out, there's only two characters, Luke and Ryu. So you can have these two assholes fight each other endlessly for six to eight months. But if you pay us the low, low price of 1995, you can now get Chun-Li and a medium punch button. Whoa, 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 whoa! And I know, obviously, that sounds really fucking stupid and I sound like an asshole. But who in the holy hell wouldn't even believe that that could be possible? With the way that Capcom has treated its fan base over the course and life of Street Fighter V. Completely nickel and diming them, right? I wouldn't be shocked if they literally said this game is free to play. There's no starting cost. But every little thing you want in the game is a microtransaction. 
that would not surprise me in the fucking least with the way that they treated Street Fighter V. Okay? So, I hate to say it, but this if you're going to tease the release of your impending game that everyone wants information about, do something that's called big brain action. Actually reveal stuff about the game. Don't reveal a bland fucking logo and a very small video clip not representative of any in-game activity. Let's be honest. Do you really think if they actually showed gameplay of Street Fighter VI, people would be analyzing the amount of crud underneath Ryu's toenails in that video clip? No. But this is what fucking happens when you're an idiot and you release nothing, you get microanalyzed and you look like an asshole. So, dear Capcom management, you look like assholes for good reason. You didn't know what the fuck you were doing. How the fuck are you in charge of a major game developer and publisher and not understand to have a reveal of your game, you actually have to reveal something. Not the promise of a future reveal. This reveal was a reveal of a future reveal. What a bunch of assholes. So yeah, they absolutely positively deserve the hideous amount of ridicule they're getting all over the internet right now because they're fucking morons. Next time, actually give us some information about the game or shut the fuck up about it. This logo right here, this fucking logo is a pile of fucking Blanca shit. By the way, Capcom, in order to coincide with the announcement of the Capcom Fighting Collection and Street Fighter uh, 6, actually sent me some really cool promotional materials. Look at this. Yeah, this is the official Street Fighter 6 action figure. See that? Isn't that cool? Ooh, I love the Street Fighter 6 logo. Oh, I can't wait to get my Blanca balls all over it. Ooh. Actually, this is pretty funny. So... A fan of mine sent this to me and said, Phil, I found the most bootleg action figure ever, and you're going to want to put this in your background on your streams. And I said, oh, it can't be that bad, right? Well, first of all, take a look at this. World Championship Super Fighter. What? World Championship Super Fighter. Actually, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That logo is actually better than the Street Fighter 6 logo. What the fuck? It actually looks more interesting than it's... Oh, my God. Anyway, so this is a Thai... Thai is it Taiwanese? It's from Taiwan. A Taiwanese knockoff. World Championship Super Fighter. Okay? What's funny is they actually used... Artwork from Street Fighter on the box. It's really Street Fighter artwork. Those are definitely Street Fighter characters. But nowhere on there does it say Street Fighter. Okay. And here's your action figure. <laughs> it's Blanca, everybody. Blanca, who's apparently trying to do splits like Jean-Claude Van Damme and failing miserably. And now he can't get his legs back into normal position. I mean, it really looks like he's squatting to take a big pile of shit, doesn't it? Like, wow. that! Imagine if you bought that for your kid for Christmas. Right there. What's funny about this figure, the top half is made of like a rubberized plastic. But the entire bottom half is made of like a shiny hard plastic. They didn't even use the same materials throughout the whole figure. 
And by the way, the funniest part about this figure, it doesn't stand up. Even if, no matter how you position the feet, they can't possibly ever stand flat because they're not even. You see? Like, they didn't actually make the feet. You have to lean it. You have to lean it against something to even get it to, like, stand up. So... <laughs> so, anyway. that That is my special Street Fighter Six announcement surprise right there, everyone. That is pretty much the quality level that Capcom seems to be capable of putting out today. In fact, like I said, I actually feel that's a better logo than the Street Fighter Six logo right there. So... Very nice. <laughs> All righty then. Woo! All right. We don't have a lot of time left. So what I'd like to do, in a nutshell, is tell you about my brief experiences with a game, because this is Elden Week. I know. I had so much to talk about today that really we, we barely even had time to really get to it. But today I want to talk about Dark Souls 2. All right? So unlike when I had played Dark Souls 1 back in the day, when Dark Souls 2 came out, I had already played Dark Souls 1 multiple times, and I had gone back and replayed, well, played for the first time, Demon Souls. <clears throat> By the time that Dark Souls 2 had come out, I had actually grown to be very appreciative of the games that From Software was putting out, alright? So I definitely approached Dark Souls 2 with a very different attitude than when I had played Dark Souls 1. Okay, and Dark Souls 2 was on last gen. This was before they started being on the next gen of consoles, which would have been Xbox One and PS4. This was still on Xbox 360 and PS3. Although, admittedly, I do feel like the, it looked quite good uh, for what it was and did a lot with the graphics that I, I really enjoy. Um, so, Dark Souls 2. I feel like Dark Souls 2 did a lot right and did a lot wrong. Okay, first of all, Dark Souls 2 added in a lot of weird things that to this day fans of the franchise don't understand isn't it called like an adt or adl stat there's a stat that's supposed to be like adaptability and what this stat is is it allows you to move like you should be able to and like you've always been able to in every other FromSoft game but you need to level this stat up in dark souls 2 in order to even be able to move if not you are a slow sluggish oaf you try to roll out of the way of an enemy, and you roll like an inch, and the enemy still hits you. It's called ADP. Thank you, Ramrod. ADP. The ADP stat single-handedly changed up the game and made it worse than every other game, I feel, in the entire Dark Souls franchise. Like, I really feel that just because of the ADP that it actually screwed up the game. If there was no ADP stat, and if you were able to move around fully like you could in other Dark Souls games, I think it would have been a better game. Okay, but interestingly enough, Dark Souls 2 implemented some things that were never again implemented in the, in the franchise, including things like dual wielding, getting your stats up high enough that now you can have two weapons in your hands and actually do dual combos that can stun lock enemies and do ginormous damage. Okay, so although the game kind of had a lot of missteps at the same time, there were some things it did that were kind of interesting. <clears throat> I remember playing Dark Souls 2 at release. Okay, and in particular, the thing that I actually really enjoyed about the game, all right, was that Dark Souls 1 was an open world game with all these different level designs and things. And yes, if you wandered about 
likely you could find yourselves wandering into an area where you're like, oh shit. Like, remember when you everyone wandered into the Drake Valley for the first time and those Drakes just killed you instantly? And you're like, oh fuck, what was I doing here? Obviously, I wasn't supposed to be here. Okay? In Dark Souls 2, <clears throat> it also has that open world feel. But the difference is in Dark Souls 2, you can actually play the game in different orders and still be successful. You don't have to take a standard order to beat it. In fact, when I originally beat it, I went one way while many people went another way. And then I ended up going back that other way to, to do stuff that most people did early on because I just happened to walk a different direction and unlocks other stuff instead. Um, and what, one of the things that's kind of unique about Dark Souls 2 is that there's kind of like each area has its own big boss character, right? But then on top of that, there's like other stuff going on in the game too. It's kind of hard to explain, but I liked how it felt like there was like four giant major regions to go to and conquer before you could move on in the game. Um, while in Dark Souls 1, it just kind of felt like everything was mishmashed. You didn't have any idea where you were supposed to go or what order to do anything. And this game was kind of like Mega Man. Go to this place, this place, this place, or this place. Four big areas, four big bosses, right? Um, I actually like how some of the bosses were unique. Like one particular boss fight... If you light up lights, you can see the boss arena much better, and then the boss fight is a lot more fair. Well, if you don't light up the lights, which is completely optional, it's a lot harder of a fight, but you can still beat the boss, which is kind of cool. Um, at the same time, the game definitely has a lot of missteps. Like, for example, there's a few stages that are just way harder than others for no good reason, and there's some bosses that are just ridiculously stupid, like the Skeletons boss. No, the skeleton's boss. There's a boss where you just fight, like, a whole room of skeletons, and that's the boss. It's not like any skeleton is particularly tough. Yeah, there's some harder ones near the end where they have bigger, you know, more health or whatever, but it's not a big, giant challenge. Just kill a bunch of fucking skeletons that are annoying. Um, now, when I first played Dark Souls 2, I particularly remember starting off with one build that was kind of similar to my original build in Dark Souls 1. But as I continued to play and level and find items in the game, I decided that I was going to change it up and actually go for a magic build. Now, I hadn't done any magic builds in Dark Souls 1 at this point, so I didn't really know if they were any good or whatever. And no one knew. I mean, the game was brand new, so no one really had the answer on if magic <clears throat> was going to be good or not. Well, holy shit, if you built up your build at launch, I should emphasize here, not, not later on, but at launch, if you built up your magic build correctly and you were focusing on the lightning magic, whoo, once you start finding those lightning spells, they were incredibly overpowered. In fact, this started the big meme, Dick Lightning, right? You see the picture here on the pre-stream podcast that runs on the pre-stream artwork. Dick Lightning, the guy who just pulls lightning bolts out of his penis, throws them at enemies, and instantly kills almost everything. And the thing is, I overleveled the magic to the point where there were enemies that were supposed to be big-ass tough ass endgame enemies and i was just saying dick lightning go dick lightning point 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 dead just like that they never even got near me okay it was ridiculously overpowered um back in the day it really was and it was pretty cool to say man i i kind of stumbled much like that run in dark souls one where i found the black knight halbert by complete accident in dark souls 2 i just stumbled upon magic being one of if not the best builds in the game by chance it wasn't intentional it was just wow what luck that i i kind of found um 
I kind of found this build to be so overpowered, okay? One of the things I really liked about Dark Souls 2 was that there was a lot of optional content and a lot of things that if you really went out and searched, you could find optional areas, even optional, entirely optional boss fights and things. I like that about the game. <clears throat> but I definitely feel like the game needed uh, more polish. It, it felt kind of wonky in parts. Um, oh my god, did you ever see my boss fight against the Fume Knight? I dare you to go watch it. It's so fucked up. Like, the Fume Knight, he, he's hitting me, and I'm, I'm glitching into the sky and shit. As he tries to hit me, I'm, like, clipping through the wall and stuff. It's... That's what I mean. Like, the game was... It, you could definitely tell it was rushed. Like, and by the way, Dark Souls 2 was made by a completely different company. It wasn't made by the main dev team that FromSoft used to make Dark Souls 1. That dev team was actually making Bloodborne. So while they were making Bloodborne, they kind of had a secondary team make Dark Souls 2, and it showed. Even though I, I still think Dark Souls 2 is a very good game, man, did it show. It just didn't feel like it had as, no, as much um, charm to it. And man, the new systems they added, like I said, the ADP system, it made it more frustrating of a game, in my opinion. I particularly remember my first run. I was playing Dark Souls 2 and enjoying it, and I was posting up on Twitter about it every night. And there were other content creators playing it as well. And one of the guys that, over the years, I've, I've kind of been a little friendly with was SSOHPKC. And we were playing it at the same time. And we actually had a little bit of discourse about what we were doing. And I was like, yeah, I went this direction to a coliseum today, and I fought a guy with a flaming chariot. And he goes, what? But I went the other way, and I ended up doing this other dungeon with a totally different boss, but we're equal distance through the game. That was kind of neat. That was totally kind of neat um, <clears throat> to know that you could play the game in different ways and really be enjoying it, and you could do it different orders. I liked that. That actually get, made me feel like, oh, that's cool. Now you play the game again, you can do it a different run, get different items and stuff, and try different things, you see? So my first run in Dark Souls 2 started out rough, and then halfway through, ended up being a cakewalk, because I had this... I, I've just been corrected by Eternal Napalm. It was a faith build. It wasn't a magic build. It was a faith build. And Faith, at launch, was incredibly overpowered in Dark Souls 2. To give you some perspective, by the end of the game, I killed the final boss in about 15 seconds. It was literally, I ran in the room and I said, Lightning Bolt, Lightning Bolt, Lightning Bolt. And the boss said, oh, second form. And I said, oh, Lightning Bolt, Lightning Bolt, Lightning Bolt. And the boss said, oh, dead. And that was the end of the game. That was the final boss. Now, funny enough, <clears throat> at the time, Dark Souls 2's story was confusing because you couldn't really tell how it tied in with the rest of the franchise at all. Like, you were like, yeah, I get that there's the bonfires and stuff, but how does this story really tie in with what happened in Dark Souls 1? And the answer was, it actually didn't. Dark Souls 2 actually had been completely rewritten from the ground up. Like I said, it was made by a different team. Um, and then when Dark Souls 3 came out, it picked up the story from Dark Souls 1. And everyone's kind of confused, like, then what happened with Dark Souls 2? And it actually wasn't until much later, when there were expansion DLCs for Dark Souls 3, that they attempted to actually link in the lore of Dark Souls 2 into the Dark Souls franchise of 1 and 3. It's kind of confusing, and honestly, I don't know if it's ever been laid out concretely anywhere where people can say, this is where Dark Souls 2 fits in, okay? <clears throat> and then in addition, my build was so overpowered, and I'm not going to take credit for it, but you have to think 
that people were probably talking about this on the internet. Saying, man, did you see that people were playing it with faith? Like, Darkseid Phil, he's not even good at the game. Did you see how he steamrolled the end of the game? And it got so bad, they actually patched the game and nerfed faith. So it sucked. So I had to, when I played the DLCs, which, by the way, the DLCs for this game were quite good. I think there were four of them or three of them. Each one was its own unique thing. Like, one of them, wasn't it, like, fire-based? One of them, you went way, way, way underground into these, like, cavernous regions where you fought a, an, an ancient dragon, I believe. I'm trying to remember specifically in my head. It's hard to remember after all these years. Um, but I just remember the DLCs being pretty good. They were very challenging, but they were quite good. But it was funny because they changed the actual uh, gameplay elements to be different. And I had to recreate my entire character, basically, still kind of starting over because... It didn't work. The faith build didn't work anymore. It actually sucked, okay? Now, years and years later, all right, I befriended another streamer on Twitch. Now, this was many years ago. I haven't talked to the guy in years. Um, and this streamer was a really good From Software-style streamer. He would replay these games endlessly, over and over, doing challenge runs and stuff. And he used to watch my content, and he actually wanted me to replay... Um, Dark Souls 2 when the new version came out Scholar of the First Sin and he wanted me to do it as a dual wielding build he was like watching your playstyle, I really think you would enjoy replaying the game as a dual wielding build so I kind of got some coaching and so there are two runs of Dark Souls 2 on the internet my first original plane run which was all faith build and then it's DLCs but then there was the Scholar of the First Sin run where I was dual wielding and that's tough because dual wielding, you really need to get set criteria. You need to level certain stats to do it. But man, once you get it, that shit is insane. I remember there were two, I had two maces. It was like two big fucking metal drumsticks playing the drums on the enemies. You just kicked their asses. And I remember fucking destroying bosses. They were stun locked. Couldn't move because my dual wielding was so overpowered. It was just destroying everything. So that's what I mean, like, in Dark Souls 2 is one of those unique experiences where if you kind of know what you're doing, you can make a build that's super-duper fun and kind of unfair, but at the same time, to try to play it like Dark Souls 1 was very frustrating because really you couldn't. The ADP was a pain in the ass. There were other things they had changed. And it was just a major pain in the dick. So, Dark Souls 2, is it a bad game? Absolutely not. It is not a bad game at all. It's the, I remember my playthroughs very uniquely of Dark Souls 2, with, with good memory too. I remember them, I look back and kind of like, that was pretty fun. So that was the first Dark Souls that I genuinely played from start to finish at launch, didn't give up on it, didn't rage quit on it, and people followed along my playthrough and said, wow, Phil actually figured this shit out. Look at him destroying everything with the dick lightning. <clears throat> it was pretty fun. And then of course, years later, coming back to it, doing the dual wheel build was also really neat. So I, I do look back at it in fond memories. But man, I could definitely tell you, thinking about Dark Souls 2 in comparison to 1 or 3 or even Bloodborne, it's just not as good. You know, you could tell it was made by a different dev team. You could tell they were trying hard, but they just couldn't reach that level that the core dev team was hitting with those other games. Um, but I still think back to it, I'm like, man, it was a great... And I, to this day, I would probably consider going back and playing it again someday if people wanted to see it. Because, you know, it's not a bad game at all. Okay? That's my experience with Dark Souls 2. Awesome. There you go. That's pretty cool. I actually I squeezed it in. I was afraid talking so long about Street Fighter we wouldn't get to it, but we got to it. And so, 
Elden Week rolls on, my friends. I hope you guys are very excited for Elden Ring this coming Friday. I'll be talking about more FromSoft games every morning this coming week here on the Pre-Stream Podcast, and I hope you will join me with that. Okay? Okay. Let's do some shout-outs. All right? So... Anthony Courier did a super chat this morning and said, you're awesome, Phil. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Anthony. You're actually the first super chatter of the day, so let's get you on the leaderboard. Wow. I missed the H. And then we had three different people all either re-up their memberships or become a new member. So we're going to check on this at a second, okay? So Matt became a member. Thank you, Matt, for the support. Zane also re-upped his membership for 10 months. Thank you, Zane. And excuse me, Jamie Green also re-upped his membership for four months. I said, "Hey Phil, how's it going? It's going good. Thank you, Jamie." By the way, I totally forgot to mention this. I will have a special surprise for the Elden Ring playthrough. <laughs> Okay, I totally forgot to mention that. There will be a special surprise for the Elden Ring playthrough. There we go. I received one tip this morning from Nico, who tipped $1.50 and says, Capcom has made some of the best games of the PS4 generation, like Devil May Cry 5, I agree. Resident Evil 7, 8, and remakes, I agree. I really don't understand how they keep messing Street Fighter up so badly when they prove that they can make good games. Do you want to know the truth? I can actually answer this. And I, you're not, you might not like the answer. Because um, some people don't want to hear the truth. They just want to stick their fingers in their ears. The golden days of Capcom as a fighting game maker are gone. Um, the people who made all the good fighting games don't work for them anymore. I'm serious. They're, they're gone. They quit and went on to other ventures or just retired. The people who they have in their fighting game division now are like the B and C teams from back in the day. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like Capcom always pumped out a bunch of fighting games. And not all of them were good. The people who made the bad ones are the people making the fighting games today. I'm serious. I mean, how could you work on Street Fighter V and only have two people work on the netcode? Street Fighter V, the quintessential major fighting game franchise. You want to be prominent. You want to be the top guys. Let's have two people work on the netcode, and then when it doesn't work, outsource it. That's it. They don't have the, the quality of people working on them anymore. And the people that they have are, they keep promising the world and they're hacks. They just, they fuck everything up. And then they spend years fixing it after the fact. It took, what, a year and a half to even get the input delay down enough so Street Fighter V could even feel like a competitive game? A year and a half. Really. It took you 16, 18 months to realize maybe your game is too delayed to be good. And now you should fix that. <laughs> you know? And, so, and these are supposed to be the top guys. You know, and it makes everyone else kind of follow suit in a shitty way too, because there have been a few other fighting game outings now that have come out that at launch don't really work very well, and it almost became like an expectation that fighting games will suck at launch, and that's not good. It's you shouldn't. A fighting game should be just as polished and just as good working as any other game at launch. It shouldn't be you expect it to suck and then they'll fix it after the fact. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so, all right. So anyway. We're at 384 members. One of those memberships, I think it was actually, uh, was it Matt? I think that was the new one. So thank you guys. Um, by the way, over 100 likes already on the stream. Superb. Thank you guys for that. And, uh, you know, good amount of views. Now what we're going to do is we're going to see what team it was that you 
selected for me to play in King of Fighters 15 today. So get ready. This will be the definitive answer right now. So, weighing in at, huh? How is that even possible? Okay, now I'm confused. We just checked this an hour ago. And it said that the Art of Fighting team was in the lead, right? And then it said that the Super Heroine team was in second place. It was 36% for Art of Fighting and 33% for Team Super Heroine. Now it says 36% for Team Sacred Treasures, 33% for Team Super Heroine. And Art of Fighting is only 19%. Huh? But I'm looking at the votes, and it says only about 70, 80 new people have voted. That wouldn't have even been enough to skew the numbers that much. Uh, how is that possible? Is it, can you, okay, I got a question for you guys, because this is something totally new to me. When you vote in one of my polls on my channel page, can you take your vote back and re-vote? Is that possible? Because maybe it was possible that you could a lot of people voted for art of fighting and changed their minds and let's let's rally for the for the sacred treasures instead right can you do that or once you vote is it locked in forever yes you could take your vote back what what's the point of that here's the thing i don't care i, I any of these teams i'm fine with seriously like, any of these teams is cool we played with the sacred treasures team in the beta I didn't know anything about how to use them, so I was messing around and I learned a few things. But why on earth would there be a poll where you could change your votes? That's like saying, I'm going to vote for a political figure. Here's my ballot. But then at any time, you can just walk back and take your ballot back from them. What the heck? This is weird. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Team Sacred Treasures it is, which is the team of... Kyoku Sanagi, the original protagonist of King of Fighters. Iori Yagami, who's actually his foil, his his almost antagonist in the King of Fighters 95. And Chizuru Kagura, who was the mini-boss and the holder of the King of Fighters tournament in 1996, who then later on became a hero character um, in future games, but hasn't been seen in these franchises in a very long time. Alright, cool. I know for a fact that Kyo is pretty good. From what we did in the beta, I found out some pretty high combo ability. Like, I know you could do, like, standing fierce into his low sweep kick into his his juggle kicks. And then after the juggle kicks, you could do a follow-up super or follow-up juggle there. So he does have high combo ability. And I was doing pretty good with him, I remember, in the beta. But I don't know about the other two. Like, I don't know if Miyuri or Chizuru will be any good. But we're going to mess around. Like I said, we're going to go into their, their challenge mode here and mess around, try to learn some basics. And go from there. All right. So, it's King of Fighters time, guys. Team Sacred Treasures today on the stream. One final reminder. This is a super duper important week to support the streams. Giving likes on the streams. Giving likes on the on-demand videos. Leaving comments on the on-demand videos. This is the week where that help is going to help tremendously. All right. So please, if you're watching the content this week, please do that. And of course, as always, please consider supporting the streams in any way you can. Whether it's membership. We at 385, we've tied the most members we ever had. Super chat, super sticker, or tips all helps. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Great pre-stream podcast today. Had tons to cover. Had a great time. I'll see you all next time.
cool. Bye-bye. <laughs> Peace out, everyone. Until next time.